My dear friends, today is the eighth Sunday after Pentecost. The epistle for the eighth Sunday after Pentecost is taken from St. Paul's epistle to the Romans, chapter 8. Brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you shall die. But if by the Spirit you mortify the deeds of the flesh, you shall live. For whosoever are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again in fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption of sons, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. For the Spirit himself giveth testimony to our spirit, that we are the sons of God, and as sons, heirs also, heirs indeed of God, and joint heirs with Christ. And the Holy Gospel is taken from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 16. At that time, Jesus spoke to his disciples this parable. There was a certain rich man who had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said to him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for now thou canst be steward no longer. And the steward said within himself, What shall I do, because my Lord taketh away from me my stewardship? To dig I am unable, to beg I am ashamed. I know what I will do, that when I shall be removed from my stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. Therefore, calling together every one of his Lord's debtors, he said to the first, How much dost thou owe my Lord? But he said, An hundred barrels of oil. And he said to him, Take thy bill, and sit down quickly, and write fifty. Then he said to another, And how much dost thou owe? Who said, An hundred quarters of wheat. He said to him, Take thy bill, and write eighty. And the Lord commended the unjust steward for as much as he had done wisely. For the children of this world are wiser in their generation than the children of light. And I say to you, make unto you friends of the mammon of iniquity, that when you shall fail, they may receive you into everlasting dwellings. Those are the words of today's Holy Gospel. And the Lord commended the unjust steward for as much as he had done wisely. For the children of this world are wiser in their generation than the children of light. Words taken from the gospel of today's Mass in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Yesterday we celebrated the feast of St. Mary Magdalene, and there's actually a close connection between her life and the message of today's gospel. In today's gospel, our Lord speaks of a servant who was found unfaithful to his duties. Furthermore, this servant had resorted to using his master's goods, which were no longer his to use, as a means of providing for his own future. After the master had demanded an account and told him he could be steward no longer, this unjust man gave in to a double injustice by starting to forgive certain debts that were owed to his master. Now, when our Lord told this parable, it was not, of course, to condone injustice, but it was to teach us three valuable lessons about our own lives. The first that we learn is that all the goods we have in this life come to us from Almighty God. Whether it's a question of riches, our physical abilities, our spiritual or intellectual abilities, anything good that can be said about us is a grace that God has given to us. The only thing we can claim as our own, what we have provided for ourselves, are our sins and our faults. Everything else, we need the grace of God to provide even one good. Now these gifts, and this is the second lesson that we have to learn, 
These have all been lent to us for our use. We must return these gifts to God at some time. And we do this by using all the gifts God has given us for His honor and glory. All that we do must tend towards God's honor and glory, at least in a general way. And the final lesson to learn from today's gospel is that each and every one of us, without exception, will be called upon one day to render an account of how we have used our gifts given to us by God. And it's this triple lesson that St. Mary Magdalene taught us by example, and it's that final rendering of an account which she was able to do so perfectly. She was able at the end of her life to give a perfect account of the gifts God had given to her since the moment of her conversion. She perfectly fulfilled the three lessons learned in today's gospel. Being a penitent, we know that she was for some time an absolute child of the world. She had immersed herself in living for the unbounded use of the goods of this earth. Even the fact that she had a surname, or what we would call a last name, tells us something about her. For at that time, people did not normally have a last name or a surname. But to be called Mary the Magdalene, or Mary Magdalene, meant that she was such a notorious person in her area that she was, of all the Marys, the one from Magdala. She was the one that everyone was talking about and not in a good light. We know that when our Lord first came upon Mary, he drove seven devils out of her. And Cornelius Alapid, the great scripture scholar, tells us that each one of these devils symbolized one of the capital sins that was alive and well, thriving in Mary and in her conduct. Thus, before she met our Lord and before he cured her, she was a most sinful woman. But as St. Paul would write later in his epistle to the Romans, where sin abounded, grace did more abound. After her conversion, Mary Magdalene became St. Mary Magdalene. She put into effect the three lessons that we learn in today's gospel she realized that any good that came to her was from God. She began from that moment forward to live only for our Lord. And finally, when her time came to make account of her life, she had a stellar record. One of the places where we first see this coming from St. Mary, using her natural gifts and her natural abilities to do something for our Lord, came at the house of Simon the Pharisee. You may recall that Simon, one of the Pharisees, was not as evil or filled with hatred for our Lord as the others, so he invited our Lord to dinner at his house. But Simon wasn't perfect. He was afraid that his fellow Pharisees might get offended at him showing our Lord any more respect than simply inviting him to dinner. He started to have second thoughts, as it were, about what would happen to his popularity if he showed this man any courtesy. So when our Lord came to dinner, Simon completely failed him in some of the most basic signs of charity and courtesy at the time. 
They're not signs that we're used to anymore, but at the time, it would be as if you, for our day, invited somebody to your house for dinner and then didn't say a word to them the entire time they were there. Let them find their way to the kitchen table, let them find their way to the meal, and then find their way to the door afterwards. The person would have to consider that there was something wrong or that you really didn't have a great deal of respect for them if you treated them in such a way. Well, this is what Simon did to our Lord. Back in that time, it was very much a courtesy to give a person a bowl of cold water to wash their feet after they had been traveling. All travel was done by foot, and so it was customary to give the person this chance to relax before the meal started. Also, you would greet a person at the door with a kiss, and this was done by everyone at all occasions. But Simon did not give our Lord this kiss of greeting. And finally, as we can imagine, after traveling some distance in a time when there was no such thing as air-conditioned automobiles like we have today, no such thing as what we consider as cologne or perfume or even deodorant, there was a need to change the atmosphere, so to speak. There was a need for some sweet-smelling ointment so that people could eat their dinner in peace and not be offended by the smells that had come up from the road and the traveling. Well, once again, Simon did not offer this to our Lord, but showed him right to the table without this courtesy. Here's where St. Mary Magdalene enters in. Here's where she uses the gifts that God had given her for the honor and glory of our Lord. She saw all of this happen. She was outraged that her Lord and Master was treated so disrespectfully at Simon's house. And so she set right to work, providing for our Lord everything that Simon had refused to show our Lord. That bowl of cold water to wash his feet, Mary replaced with the tears from her own eyes. She washed his feet with the amount of tears that she was shedding over his injustice. The kiss of peace and sign of friendship that Simon should have shown, Mary made up for this by kissing our Lord's feet over and over again. And finally, that sweet-smelling ointment, Mary did not just give our Lord a drop or two as would have been the custom, but she actually broke a bottle of spikenard, the greatest-smelling spice at the time, and she poured it over our Lord's feet and washed his feet with it, so that the entire house and even the surrounding area would have that sweet smell of perfume, and our Lord would then be given the chance to receive from her the sign of courtesy that Simon did not give. And this is where we have to follow St. Mary's example. We have to look in our own life and see What graces, what gifts has God given to me? Has he brought me into this world as a person who loves to have conversation, to be with family and friends? As a person who finds it very easy to tell a joke or to be the center of attention? Well, that's perfectly fine. That type of person 
should then not try to fight that or change that in any way, but they should use that gift to make sure when they are in, are in public or when they are having fun with friends and family that they keep the topics on something that would not be offensive to our Lord or if they even have the chance to, to turn the conversation to something that would be edifying or something that would be something that would make others think of our Lord and remember how good He is. Maybe you find that you're the exact opposite. You're a person who likes to be more in solitude, more left to yourself, just given your duties to do of your state in life, and not to be too bothered by your fellow men. Well, this type of person can use that natural talent, that natural ability they have for solitude, to spend more time in prayer, more time asking God for the graces that they need for themselves and for their loved ones. These and any gifts that we can think of, for a person who maybe has intellectual qualities, they can use these to defend the faith at a time when it's attacked on all sides. No matter what gifts God has given to you, in the life of St. Mary Magdalene, one of the gifts he gave her was a bottle of very expensive perfume. And she showed us how she could use even that, even a bottle of perfume, something that could have been used for the worldliest of motives, even that could be turned to God's honor and glory because Mary was on the lookout for it. Mary knew that one day she would have to render that service to God. And so she looked for any way that she could be holy and pleasing to him. And that's the example we have to follow. St. Mary Magdalene followed this, this principle of rendering all to God and making a perfect account for her life so perfectly that there is actually a cave over in Spain where she spent the last years of her life with just a simple cross etched on the wall. And Father Bomberger had a chance to visit that cave on several occasions. And I remember him telling us when we were seminarians that when you go into that cave, you can actually see on the rock an indent, two indents that are, it looks like it's perfectly carved out. But tradition actually says that those were the indents created by St. Mary Magdalene's knees. She spent so much time kneeling on that stone floor making up for her sinful life and praying for the graces she needed to persevere and for the infant church, that she actually wore away the stone with her knee. This is the example of a valiant woman. This is a, the example of a saint of God and the example that we want to follow so that when our own time comes, we can have a good report to make to the master of the house. When he asks us, how did you act as a steward of the gifts I gave you? We can tell him, Lord, I used them here, 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 all for your honor and glory. And if there has ever been a time where we've used our gifts or the graces God has given us, not for his honor and glory, let us make up atonement and reparation for it. This is another place where St. Mary Magdalene excelled, for once she was converted, she spent the rest of her life at the feet of our Lord.
in the house of Simon when she lost her brother Lazarus and was filled with grief, but looking to our Lord for consolation, she went and fell at his feet. And then on that terrible day of Good Friday, when not even the brave, strong fishermen among the apostles could be found to follow our Lord, there was Mary once again at his feet, doing all she could to render him any service she could and let him know that he was still loved and respected even amidst the ignominies of Good Friday. Let us pray to her then for the grace to follow her good example. And if we do so, then we will be able to look forward to a day when our stewardship is called into question, but we will be able to give a good report to the master of the house. May Almighty God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.